This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening. Welcome back to this amazing series. Every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know where the place to be right here. TorahAnytime.com slash Live. And we're going to be addressing some questions that were submitted. And submit your question um, at events at Chazak.org. Email us at events at Chazak.org. So we're going to, add, we're going to address, um, to start off, some questions that were uh, submitted. So um, the first question is, um, um, you as a teenager, a young professional, may, maybe you're not the owner of the house, or technically it's not your household, but how do you infuse um, love of Torah, Judaism, into the house? Meaning maybe you're not the parent itself, but you're the teenager, you're the young professional, whatever. You live in your parents' house. How do you infuse it and show the beauty of it and into the house? Beautiful question, Robbie. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to send in your questions. Whatever is on top of your mind, don't worry about it. Ask it. And if it makes it through, we'll ask it. If it's a weird question, we're not going to publicize it. But usually the questions are good. So you're asking over here how to infuse that. Okay, beautiful question. The answer is, If you want to make a Kiddush Hashem, if you want to spread the love of Torah in the house with your parents, respect is the password, is the code. The word respect. One of the main mitzvot we have in the Torah, and it's the truth. It's not like I'm saying it as a trick to get your parents. That's the truth. One of the main mitzvot, one of the priorities, priorities of Hashem in this world is to respect your father and respect your mother. Kibud Avem. If one learns the halachot of Kibud Avem, he will be shocked to learn how much halachot a person has to know. For example, when your father walks in the room, let's say you're sitting on the couch, you're uh, playing Xbox, okay, let's just say. And then your father walks in, the halacha is, you gotta get up. Then your father leaves, he goes uh, to buy milk. He comes back, guess what? You have to get up again. Then your mother walks in, you gotta get up again. Every single Friday night, the halacha is, every single Friday night, whether your parents are religious, or not. The halacha is a person should go out of his way to kiss his father's right hand and his mother's right hand. Isn't it interesting? That is halacha. A person should go out of his way. Let's see parents live three blocks away. You go to shul Friday night, you're religious, go out of your way, walk home and kiss your mother's right hand and your father's right hand and get a blessing from them. Whether they're religious or not, doesn't make a difference. You want to bring love of Torah to the house? You got to show how much the Torah respects parents. How much the Torah disciplines the human being. Because when when you follow the Torah, you're always serving Hashem. And Hashem is always around. When you work for a boss, let's say you work in a business, you have to act nice next to the boss. you know. But once the boss is gone, you can do what you want. Or let's say you're in school. When the rabbi is around, you have to act all righteous. When the rabbi is not there, a person is free because the rabbi is not always around. He only acts disciplined next to the rabbi. But when you reach that level of being religious, which means you're here to serve God, not anybody else. You're here to serve Hashem. Hashem is always watching you. Wherever you go in the world, God is watching you. Which means a person is always going to be disciplined and respectful because Hashem is always around. And Hashem always tells you, make sure you're respectful to other people, especially your parents. So how do you want to bring the love of Torah to your house? There's a few things, but the first thing, you got to follow the halachot of kibbut avem. Respect your parents. Get up and then walk in. Make sure you don't argue with them. You know, the halacha is, let's say you and your parents even talk politics, okay? And your mother uh, likes this politician. The halacha is, you can't argue with your mother. It's a very scary halacha. But one can't say, mom, you're wrong. This guy is dangerous. This guy is evil. Or let's say your mother says, oh, I like this type of cake. 
And then you tell them, Mom, what's wrong with you? This is the worst flavor. Halachically, that's the problem. A person will be shocked how much halachot one has to know to respect his parents. But once you know it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show the love of Torah. It's going to bring the beauty, the light of Torah into your parents. And you'll be surprised how much it's going to push your parents to become religious also. So building upon that point about you have to show that you have to be very um, careful with this mitzvah of uh, kibbut of aim or respecting, honoring, having reverence for for your parents and people. I just I just, I just came to my mind that, that that people always know the mitzvah kibbut of aim, but there's also a, a mitzvah, a separate mitzvah of of you have to have. Uh, it's a yiras avayim. I don't know if that's the exact term, but it's like there's also like you have to show like reverence and like. Uh, um, like, like, you're, like you're not allowed to sit in their place and different stuff like that. Um, so building upon that point, is a, a more like specific question is, is what about if you, if, if, if the teenager or, or a young professional, let's say they're, 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 they're in public school or they're, 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 they're in college, but let's say they want to go to yeshiva, but, 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 but their, but their parents, they, maybe they don't realize the importance of, 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 uh, yeshiva or Jewish education and, or let's say they're in college and let's say like, oh, the, the parents say you should only go to college all day, but let's say the, 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 the young professional, the, te- the, the person in college, they, they, maybe, maybe they want to do half a day college and half a day, um, um learning. Or maybe let's just say they want to do a full day of uh, learning. So how would you how would you approach that? Okay, so this is a tough question to answer. You're you're putting me in a corner here, Chacham Rabbi from Chazak, because it, it I, I'm going to answer the question in a general term, but to give a, a direct answer for whoever's listening, I cannot because you have to know the individual and you have to know the guy's background of the story. The last thing we want is for a person to fight with his parents. That's against Judaism. We don't want people fighting with the parents. So the wrong message can be heard, and then he can go back to his parents and be like, oh, bye, I'm leaving, and take his bags and leave. No, it's not what we want. So I can't answer that question unless I know the person. But in a general term, in a general term, one has to understand he should know it himself. He doesn't have to share with his parents, but he should know it himself. His job in this world is to connect to Hashem. He has a mission in this world to connect to Hashem. His parents, he loves them. He respects them, but his parents are also bound to God. You and your parents are servants of God. You're here to service. You're here to serve Hashem, and your parents are here to serve Hashem. Just because your parents are not religious yet doesn't mean they're allowed to stop you from reaching your potential and your mission of getting close to God. So whoever asked that question, whoever thinks of even just asking such a question, what do I do? I want to be religious. I want to go to yeshiva. I want to do the right thing right now, but my parents are not letting me. Just by you even asking that question, you should know that you already reach a very high level. The most of the world is not there yet. If you're aware of what life is about to even ask that question, you already hit a home run. Because it's a very good question to ask. Your eye is on the ball. You want to get close to God. But what do you do? you got to respect your parents at the same time. So what do I suggest? I suggest that every person should make a rabbi, which is very important to Sadaq Harav. Make sure you have a mentor that knows your background, and he will guide you through. But to just say... Either direction, to just say either extremes. Oh, I'm just going to fight with my parents, go to yeshiva, is wrong. But the other way is also wrong, the other extreme. If our person to say, because sometimes teenagers say that, either they say, I'm going to fight with my parents, screw it. No, that's wrong. You're not allowed to do that. It's against the Torah. Or they say, oh, forget it. My parents don't let me anyway, so I'm not going to be religious. That's also wrong. 
That's also wrong. The right thing is to do the right thing. How do you do the right thing? Someone has to walk you through it. Your goal is to get close to Hashem, but at the same time, not disrespect your parents. So get a rabbi or a mentor and make sure you get it done and do the right thing. Okay. Um, so another um, question that was submitted was, was um, it's not going to be the, the theme of, 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 of this uh, this year, of this class, but... but um, but about the, about the topic of dating and, and marriage, um, maybe if you could just uh, give a little bit of advice about. Um, the, 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 let's just say you want you want you want to start going out with um, with a potential um, potential spouse, but but you're just doing it. You're just going out just to just to chill, just to hang out. What, 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 um, or so, what, what can you elaborate on this concept of? Of uh, of just going out like that, or you're just going out just or, only if you have a mindset of you of you're ready to get married, etc. Whoa, you're asking me questions today, Robbie. That you're uh, well, you want me to be like on a hit list or something. <laughs> the problem with me is that I can't control the, the real answer, but I hope I'm not going to say the real answer. <laughs> Okay, so to answer that question like this, the most famous question teenagers ask. Teenagers are teenagers, which is fine. You know, everyone was a teenager. Um, let me just tell you one rule of life that my rabbis told this to my friends when we were younger, and they were so right. You're never, most of the time, you're not going to marry the girl that you think you're marrying at such a young age. So if somebody is 16, 17, you're just fooling yourself. Um, you're just doing it for the fun. It comes from a good place because a guy is a guy and a girl is a girl, which is healthy. It comes from a good place just so you don't know how to handle this desire. So like we discussed in the first episode, a person has a desire for physical pleasure, which is why boys hang out with girls and girls hang out with boys. But at a young age, it's a sin. Doing this period of your time of your life, 15, 16, or 14, 15, 16, 17, that time a person is not letting out with girls and girls are not letting out with boys. You will regret it when you get older. You will regret it. Hopefully you're not going to do it. But you're going to look back and you'll be like, ah, yeah, yeah, it was not worth it. It was not worth it. How much more so after 120, when you're going to go to Ulam Abba, you're going to face God. God is going to tell you, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, what did you do? Was it worth the sin? Was it worth the sin? So my suggestion to all the teenagers right now, when you're ready to seriously date, you'll know when you're serious to date. When you know you're not serious, you know you're not serious. Don't don't fool yourself. Don't play games. It's very important to be honest with yourself. You want to have fun? Go have fun, but know that you're having fun and know that you're doing the wrong thing. Because if you're going to think you're doing the right thing and fool yourself, oh, I'm, I get this all the time. I'm really going to marry her. You know, I'm really thinking of marrying her. Oh, please, give me a break. Enough with the nonsense. Be real. You want to have fun? Have fun, but admit it. Because eventually, at least you're going to repent about it. When you're serious about dating, you're going to know when you're serious. Now, when it comes to serious dating... Obviously, a person is going to learn it with his rabbis. Obviously, you're not allowed to touch her, the girl, or the girl, the boy. Obviously, you're not allowed to hang out for too many hours because it might lead to sin. But regarding the teenage questions, when they say that they really want to get married to her, they don't really mean it. So I'm not going to answer any more questions because the whole thing is a game. So I'm going to be straight up. You want to have fun? At least admit you're playing games for one day to repent. As a suggestion, as a older person, a suggestion... That's not called having fun, like I said before. You really want to enjoy life? You really want to have fun as a teenager? Don't go there. Sit and learn tarot. You're going to be the happiest, and you're going to have the most fun sitting and learning tarot. And you're going to enjoy the marriage more when you get married. When you don't hang out with girls at the wrong time, you will enjoy marriage a lot more when you get married.
I'm not sure if I answered the question. But I think you did. Okay. Um, I wanted to just follow up on something from the from the first uh, from the first um, talk that we had, um, where we talked about Nisiono's uh, test challenges that, that we go through. So, I, so I read once uh, in a sefer saying that that the word nisayon, the test, is related to the word nase, which means banner. And a banner. What do you? What, what, let's say you have a banner. Let's say you have a flag. It says uh, it's the American flag. It's on top of. Uh, let's say you have like the Navy SEALs or whatever it is, the the, the U.S. Marines. So, so you know it's all oh, this ship is from the U.S. Marines. So, so, so too that when. When 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 we have a nisayon, we that is that is that is um, when we overcome the eight Sahara, That shows that that for all to see that we can overcome um, uh, challenges. So, that, that, what would you say about about um, overcoming nisayonos um, by overcoming your uh, peer pressure? How I don't do really you, know. How do you overcome peer pressure? How was the question? How do you how do you overcome uh, yeah overcoming challenges? By overcoming your peer pressure, I mean you're being pressured to do the wrong thing, and you overcome your challenges by overcoming peer pressure. Okay, I think I got it. Okay, well, uh, what do I want to tell you? Bro, did I thank you at the beginning? Thank you, Robbie, for the program. Thank you, Torah. Anytime anybody has any questions, feel free to ask. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. No one knows who you are. Don't worry about it. Ask the question freely. You can even ask questions privately. Not necessarily everything's going to be on the show, right? Yeah. Did I make that up? Right? Yeah, you can ask the question privately. Now, to answer your question, how do you beat the... Okay, so you said it right. The word test in Hebrew is called nesayon. The root word of the word nesayon is nes, which means a miracle. Every time you overcome a test, you perform the miracle. What is the definition of a nes? What is the definition of a miracle? A miracle means going against nature. For example, one of the greatest miracles we know of in the Torah is Kriyatim Suf, the splitting of the sea. Why was it a miracle? Because the sea usually goes this way, and here comes Moses, and the sea split. So why is it called a miracle? Because the splitting of the sea is going against nature, the natural way of the sea that goes straight. So uh, Ness, a miracle means going against nature. Naturally, a person goes after his desires. When a person overcomes his desires, when a person has the test coming his way, and he was strong, and he beat the Yetzirah, and he did the right thing, you went against nature, you performed a miracle. In fact, Rabbeinu Bechayis says an unbelievable thing. And this should give chizuk to everybody. Rabbeinu Bechayis says, every time you beat the Yetzirah, every time you overcame a test, you're now considered a malach, an angel. And he said, sometimes you overcome strong test, you even considered higher than a malach. Now these words is a big deal. A malach is an angel. When you overcome a test, when you overcome your nature to go after your desires, and he said, I am loyal to God, I will not sin. Let's say your friends tell you, let's go to a certain place, to a mixed party where you know you're not supposed to. And let's say you want to keep Shabbat, and you took upon yourself, I'm going to keep Shabbat, but your friends tell you, oh, let's go watch a movie. It's not easy. In the beginning, it's not easy. And you overcame it, and you were loyal to Hashem. Ah, yeah, yeah, you went against nature. Hashem said, you considered an angel. You considered even higher than an angel when the test is really hard. And let's say you beat the Yetzirah on Monday, 
It doesn't mean you can be in Mantuzi. You always have to be strong. But it goes the other way too. Let's say you fell on Monday. Let's say you fell on Tuesday, which means the Yetzirah over beat you. And you couldn't pass the test. It doesn't mean that on Wednesday, on Thursday, you can't overcome the Yetzirah. Every day is a new bank account. Every day with its new challenges and new opportunities that you have to beat the test. But Nesayon, which means test in Hebrew, the root word is Nes, which means miracle. We perform miracles. When you beat the Yetzirah, you performed the miracle because you went against your nature. So every time you pass the test, you deserve a trophy. The championship thing. Like walking around like this. We are the champions. Every time you beat the Yetzirah. Every time you keep Shabbat. Especially in 2020. Especially in 2020. Every time you keep Shabbat and you're loyal to Hashem. Don't look at it. Oh, there's so many religious people in the world. No, it doesn't work that way. Every single individual. Every Shabbat you keep. Not all the Shabbatot in one year. Every Shabbat individually. You're Mekadeh Shem Shemaim. You spread Hashem's name in the world. Every time you put on Tefillin. You're Mekadeh Shem Shemaim. Every time you make a bracha. Before you eat something. No matter how many times you do it every single day, you made a big mitzvah, and you consider it a champion, and you beat the Yetzirah. So, so talking about uh, challenges and tests, so, so we know that the, one of the one of the steps, one of uh, in this um, in this uh, process of uh, doing tshuva and, and and improving, is that is is that is that is that that you take upon yourself that you're never again going to do it. But 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 sometimes a person might, might might say like okay but let's be real like I've done I've done X Y Z for like every single day or every single week for the last three years um, am I am I really never again gonna do it so so how do you um, so 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 maybe you could say like oh like like that 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 today I'm today is 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 the rest of my life meaning because as we know it says it says it says in Perkei Avot. That um, it says repent one day before your death. So, so the so the question is asked, like, what do you mean? Like, how do I know I'm, I'm, I'm the first one that's gonna pass away? It says you do tshuva every single day, because then so so how how do you balance um, that that you're never again gonna do X Y Z again? That this the the, the 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 thing that you're focusing on, but being realistic about it. Okay, good question. Very easy answer. Very easy answer. When I say easy, I mean the question was still a good question. When I say easy, I mean the question. The answer is so obvious when you read, when you read this far magdishim. That's like I said before. Life is easy. Life is clear when one follows the Torah. Life only becomes complicating when one decides to leave the Torah. If you follow the blueprint of God, if you follow Hashem, He's going to guide you out of this maze called this world. So to answer your question is like this. First of all, a person should never say, I'm going to beat the Yitzhah forever and ever 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 and ever. Because that's not going to happen. Like you said, let's be real. You want to be real? Let's be real. The Torah says the Yitzhah is never going to leave you alone. It's never going to leave you alone. It's going to be here to the last day of your life. So what do you do? So what does it mean? What's the definition of beating the Yitzhah? So I want to make it clear. The definition of beating the Yitzhah doesn't mean eliminating him. It doesn't mean to make him disappear from the world. Beating the Yetzirah means knowing how to deal with the Yetzirah. Like I said before, one has to learn how to deal with the Yetzirah because it's always going to be here. How do you deal with the Yetzirah? The answer is know how to avoid places that are going to make you sin. Or let's say a person did, did do an Avera, learn how to pick yourself up and not become depressed from it. Learn how to move forward. The greatest weapon, to make it practical, the greatest weapon one has to beat the Yetzirah is by learning Torah. The Yetzirah has many ways how to make a person fall. See, even if you beat him in one test, tomorrow is going to make you fall another test. 
Even if you've been in with a desire today, it doesn't mean tomorrow you're not going to fall. So like you said, let's be real. How is it possible to beat the Yitzhak forever and ever? Just because I beat him today, doesn't mean he's not going to beat me tomorrow. The answer is, the mindset is wrong. You're never going to beat the Yitzhak. You have to learn how to deal with the Yitzhak. You know how to deal with the Yitzhak? Hashem said, the greatest weapon, the greatest weapon to burn your desires or to dissolve, to dissolve, to make them disappear a little bit, to melt them down is learning Torah. When you learn Torah, Torah is magic. Torah is magic because one who starts learning doesn't see it yet. But Torah is magic. When you start learning Torah, no excuses. And when I mean Torah, I mean take an art school Gemara or regular Gemara, a Talmud, order on Amazon, on eBay or on artschool.com. There are plenty of books. Start learning every day. If you haven't learned at all, start with 10 minutes a day. If you learn 10 minutes, learn for 30 minutes. The Midrash says, the Midrash says, how does a person overcome the Yitzhahara? The Midrash doesn't say, go in front of the Yitzhahara and tell him, oh, you're never going to beat me again. <clears throat> That's not going to happen. The Midrash says the way you beat it is, if every day you learn one page of Talmud, start learning two pages of Talmud. You learn two pages of Talmud, for now one start learning three pages of Talmud. The Gemara just told you the trick. You know how to beat the Yitzhahara? You know how to deal with them? Don't talk about it. Don't try to go to him face to face. Don't try to fight him. Use your weapon. What's your weapon? Learning Torah. And watch how the Yitzhahara starts dissolving. Watch how your desires start melting. You're not going to have such a strong desire to sit anymore. It's going to disappear when you start learning Torah. So how do you beat the Yitzhahara? Very, very simple. Equals learn Torah. That's the magic. Did I answer you the question? Um, so yeah, I, I would just, I just, the one point I would just say is that, is that, is that how, is that unbelievable? But how, <laughs> how can you still be Mikhayim, still fulfill that, 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 that part of the Rambam that, that you're never again going to do it again? Meaning that, that, that. Okay, good, good. okay fine. So I didn't answer that part. Okay. You're saying a very good part. It's based in the Gemara. The Gemara, the Gemara tells the Ram Mechot Shuvah based in the Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara says, but listen to the whole thing because I don't want you to become sad from this. But the Gemara said a person who does the same sin three times, he's never going to repent again. The Talmud says, breaking news. A person who does the same sin three times, he will not be able to repent again. What does the Gemara mean to say that? To the Rambam and other Rishonim explain. What it means is, we get immune to sins. We get immune to it. If we had the right glasses on, if we were true believers, like I'm saying, the really, really high levels, the believers of Hashem, every time you would see a person sin, or every time you would sin, you would go crazy. Just like if you go outside in Chas Shalom, you see a person crossing the street, and you see a car flying. God forbid. What would you do? What's your natural thing? You see a guy crossing the street, and a car is flying. What would you do? Be careful! You scream naturally. So too, a person who sins... If you're about to sin or you see your friend is about not to keep Shabbos, the natural thing should be, and that's the reality, Oh my gosh, be careful! Sinning is horrible! Sinning is horrible! The problem is, unfortunately, we got immune to people sinning. We got immune to this concept of Jews not being religious. But the truth is, there is no such thing. A Jew means loyal to Hashem. It's really the wrong term to call religious Jews religious, or to call in Hebrew charedim charedim. It's really the wrong term. The real term is ne'emanim. The real term is loyalty. 
Religion means loyalty. When you keep Shabbos, you're not religious, you're loyal to the text, you're loyal to Hashem. When you keep kosher, you're not religious, you're loyal to God. You actually listen to what God has to say. Although it's been so many years from Har Sinai, although it's been so many years from the destruction of the Bet HaMikdash, but the fact that in 2020, you're loyal to God and you listen to the words of the Torah is an unbelievable, unbelievable achievement. So using the word religious is incorrect. It's really called loyalty. So what do you do with the Sarambam? who says a person who does real teshuvah is never going to come to do it again, I'll explain that. When a person does real repenting, what does it mean real repenting? It means that deep down you really regret the sin that you did. If you truly regret the sin that you did, not just opening up a sitter and going like this, of course that's nice and cute, but that's only the tenth step of doing teshuvah. The main step of repenting is inside understanding what you did and what you've caused. When a person sins, you truly offended HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sorry to be bluntly. But every time one sins, including myself, unfortunately, you offended God. It's offending because God created this beautiful world. He created this beautiful terror. He created something called Judaism. All He's telling you is follow the text. And when a person doesn't listen, He's basically telling Hashem, eh, I don't like you. I'm not listening to the terror. So every time you sin, the point is not the actual action that makes the difference. The point is you offended Hashem. You slapped God across the face, which is extremely offending, but that's what happens. Every time we sin, a person sins, please understand that Hashem gets offended, because Hashem loves you so much, and Hashem cares about you so much, He gives you life, and then a person would turn on Him and say, I don't want to listen to you, that's extremely offending. When you're aware of how much damage every sin causes, you're going to be aware of how much your actions make a difference, how much Hashem is waiting for you to come back, and how much your actions carry a lot of weight. At the same time, you're going to be aware of how much every moment of learning Torah is. You're going to be aware of how much every moment of being religious is. Every Shabbat, you're never going to underestimate any mitzvah you do. Every minute of Torah, every time you don't talk Lashon Har, every time you control your eyes, when you understand how important your actions are, you're never going to underestimate how much every mitzvah that you do makes a huge difference in the the world. One mitzvah that you do can tilt the whole world now for the good and we're going to have only good news in the world. One of their one does can tilt the whole world the other way and now chas shalom we're going to have only bad news. Every action makes a difference. So how does a person not sin when he does real teshuvah? If you want to be real about it, the answer is when you're real about repenting, when you're real about it, when you really regret it, I guarantee you, you're going to stop doing those affairs. Did I answer you now? Yes, 100%. Just it. Okay, great. Um, I think we will stop here for tonight. Um, um, but uh, I think we addressed some uh, very key fundamentals as we talked about in, in the in the first um, shear. Um, everyone should... Um, so if anyone missed the first um, first shear, go to toranytime.com slash live. I mean, go to toranytime.com and um, you will find it over here, over there. And um, submit your questions to events at chazak.org, um, is, um, and um, it will be addressed um, right here every Monday night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.